That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 280 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming from Sandusky, Ohio. I am thrilled that you're listening. In this episode, I'm going to be diving into my tips for round 21. And in a few minutes, I'm going to be joined by my mate, Mick Aussie, and get his take on the round. And we have something special for you. We alluded to this in last week's episode. And we're going to try something out here uh, to see if he still is retaining some of the knowledge that he developed in his youth when he was growing up and in his formative years in Australia. So we're going to look at a few uh, pieces of uh, Australian lingo to see if Mick can identify these terms. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that if you're interested in having your local footy club getting a shout-out during an upcoming episode, make sure you get up, drop me a note via email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. Shoot me a message on any of my socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Love reaching out to you. you can head over to my, like I said, you can head over to my website. You can drop me an email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com, as I mentioned, or yankonthefooty.com. Love to hear from you. Love featuring those clubs. And I am going to be starting up here very soon my discussions of what is your most memorable game. So if you have one of those also, if there's a game that you recall that you're never going to forget, I'd love to have that discussion with you and allow you to share that with my listeners because I, I love telling those stories and just in getting the insight that, that you have for things that you're never going to forget. You know, my most memorable NFL game, for example, was the first game I ever went to in 1970. Uh, that was in San Diego, California, the San Diego Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs, 37-13 Chargers. John Hadle threw four touchdowns that game. Several Hall of Famers playing in that game. Um, and I'll remember that because I got to go there with my grand, my grandfather and my dad, and I believe my uncle as well. And it just was, you know, just awe-inspiring because I was seven years old at the time uh, when that game occurred. Now, today's club of the episode and I'm hoping I get this pronunciation correct here. The Timboon Demons Football and Netball Club from the Warrnambool and District Football League. Now, Timboon, and I'm going to use this in relationship to Geelong. So they're, they're, they're southwest of Melbourne, but they are about 140 kilometers due west of Geelong. And the Demons were formed back in late 2002 when Hatesbury and Timboon opted to join forces. And uh, they had some pretty good success early on. They won... Uh, four out of a possible seven club championships at different levels. Uh, they won a premiership as well um, across all of the different combined grades and, and age levels. And last weekend, they hosted a very successful goods and services auction at the club as well to help raise money. And this weekend, the club is uh, facing off against the South Rovers in their final home game of the year at the Timboon Recreation Reserve. And I want to wish the Demons the absolute best in their final home game and as they finish out 2023 and then going forward as well. Now, before I jump into my tips, I do want to just take a couple of minutes and uh, I don't know if, if infatuation is the right term, but I, I'm very interested because infatuation gives the impression that it's a short-term type thing. And I, I, I looked that up just to make sure that I was not misquoting that there. But uh, I've become very enamored, I think is the, is the right term to use, uh, with cricket here recently. 
And, you know, of course, cricket is the, the summer game in Australia. Uh, the Ashes are just wrapping up or just wrapped up, and I believe Australia has hung on to maintain the, the cup against uh, England. But here in the United States, we have had, it's been a short season. It's only lasted a, less than a month of what they're calling Major League Cricket. And there are six teams around the United States uh, that are based out of Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, um, New York, and Washington, D.C. Now, they're not playing games in all of those different cities as of this point, but that sort of thing is a goal that they are working towards because they're looking at building more and more uh, serviceable and uh, decent cricket grounds to allow these clubs to play home games throughout the country, uh, which then in turn is hopefully going to also allow for the opportunity to have these clubs share those grounds, maybe with some of the local clubs from the USAFL as well. Now, since both of those seasons will be going along simultaneously, those of you who are cricket fans, I know that they that they have to move the wicket in and out, you know, the, the, the area where the ball is being bowled, uh, into proper location when they're getting ready to play there. So I don't know how easy or difficult that is to move those um, those pieces of, of ground, of earth, into position and then move them back out again for, for footy to be played there. I don't know if that's going to be a conducive uh, environment for that to actually happen. I'm hoping that they can work in, in some sort of symbiotic relationship. But... The championship was held this past week on the 30th of July, and uh, it was the Seattle Orcas against what they're calling MI New York, which I believe is a derivative of the Mumbai Indians. And I believe that the the wife of the owner, the co-owner, if you will, then of the Mumbai Indians was there for this tournament and just, you know, very ecstatic. And this game was a lot of fun. Seattle put up a very solid 183 runs on the board. They, they batted first. And when they went out to play defense and bowl, they got a wicket from MI New York on the very first ball. And you're thinking, oh, crap, New York is in a lot of trouble here. Well, they only ended up getting two more wickets against them. And New York ended up winning by seven wickets with 184 runs. And it was phenomenal watching a young man from the, the Caribbean area uh, by the name of Nicholas Purin, who played for a couple of years with the Melbourne Stars back in 2020 and 2021. And now I believe he plays in the IPL and also the Bangladesh uh, Professional League as well. But he went for 137 runs on 55 balls and pushed MI New York to the first uh, championship. And like I said, I'm officially enamored with this game. Uh, I am going to be supplementing the podcast a little bit with some cricket-related material in the near future. I've reached out to... Uh, one of the members of the marketing department for Major League Cricket, and they have agreed to come on the podcast. I just need to line up a time for this gentleman to sit down and chat with me. He is located here in the U.S., so lining up a time is going to be a little bit easier than we typically have with the number of other interviews that I do. So I'm very excited about that. So let's go ahead and jump into the uh, tips for round 21. Of course, we're looking back at... Uh, you know, the first 19 games of the round, uh, of course, the Pies are still holding on to it, you know, being two games clear uh, in the number one spot. They've lost a game. 
Uh, Port's dropped three in a row. Brisbane's lost one in a row. Uh, has the luster worn off of Port? I don't know. And last week, a lot of controversy with the the Alir Alir Lockie Jones uh, collision. Uh, sounds like that might end up costing the club some money uh, for the way they handled that. Melbourne is is uh, the fourth spot in the top four, and they are two they are two games clear from the clubs that are in five you know five and six. There you know you've got the Giants and the Saints both at uh, eleven and eight. Carlton and the Bulldogs are there. Carlton's been impressive. They've won six in a row. GWS has won seven in a row. And go ahead and tell me if you had GWS in contention for finals this year, because I know you're lying to me. After they gutted that squad during the last trade period and sent out as many players as they did, they brought in a lot of you know opportunities for some good pieces for next year. But as I've said in several episodes, I think they're a year ahead of schedule right now. And, and I can't help but be impressed with what's going on with the Giants. And I hope that the Giants faithful, and I know there's not a lot of them, but I hope they show up in droves this weekend when the Swans come a, come a calling across town. Unfortunately, I have this funny feeling that you're going to see a lot more Swan supporters in the stands. Um, well, let's go ahead and jump into the games for this round. Okay, you got the Bulldogs hosting Richmond at Marvel. And the Bulldogs, they lost Josh Bruce to an ACL injury this week. They really need to string some wins together to help to close out uh, their position if they want to play finals. They're finishing out the year, of course, with the Tigers, and they've got the Hawks, the Eagles, and the Cats to close things out. So not the most difficult run home. The Tigers are closing out with the Bulldogs, Saints, Ruse, and Port Adelaide. So they've got a little bit more of a difficult run home there. Uh, for the Bulldogs, Alex Keith, Josh Bruce, Luke Cleary, and Ryan Gardner are all out. Ed Richards, James O'Donnell, Liam Jones in. For Richmond, Ben Miller omitted, Dustin Martin being managed, Ryan Manziel omitted, Sam Banks omitted, Trent Cotchin being managed as well, Jacob Bauer, Jaden Short, Noah Cumberland, and Toby Nankervis back in. This is game 150 for Jaden Short. I'm going with the Bulldogs to win this one because, again, at the beginning of the year, the Bulldogs were one of my grand finalists. Okay, I believe I had the D's or the Lions. I have to go back and listen. I don't really remember which two. One of those two clubs I had playing the Bulldogs in the grand final. So i got to start giving the Bulldogs some wins here hoping that they're going to play in the grand final. And it could be at the expense of my cats getting into the eight as well. So I'm going with the Bulldogs by 11 in that one. And then we head to Marvel with Essendon hosting the Eagles. And if, let's let's just get it out there. The Eagles, um, they got a huge, okay, a necessary win this past week. And it's likely to be their, uh, their last win of the season. Uh, the Eagles are finishing out the year with the Bombers, the Dockers, the Bulldogs, and the Crows. All clubs, well save the Dockers, who are contending for finals. You know, the Dockers are kind of on that fringe, but they're going to need to win the last four games to have any sort of a shot. I don't think they have much of a shot, however, but that's going to be, you know, a battle at Optus for the, you know, the two occupants of that stadium there for bragging rights. The Bombers finish up again with the Eagles, the Ruse, the Giants, and the Pies. So they have the Eagles and the Ruse in back-to-back weeks, so the Bombers could push themselves back closer to the eight after having dropped several games in a row here. Uh, they are debuting Elijah Sadas, I believe is how his name is pronounced. Uh, Alwyn Davey Jr. omitted, Will Snelling omitted, Dom Sheed injured, Rhett Bazo managed, and Shannon Hearn being managed. And Hearn, if I'm not mistaken, announced his retirement this week, and I believe that's effective at the end of the season. I don't think it's effective immediately. Uh, Jerry McGovern and Josh Rotham back in, Alex Witherden playing game 100, and Mason Redman playing game 100. This is a game the Bombers absolutely must win. They have got to win these next two games, hands down. 
by some significant margins as well. They need to put some points on the uh, in their percentage as well because they're sitting at a percentage of 98.4. And the four clubs that are ahead of them who are outside of the eight, with the exception of Richmond who has a slightly lower percentage, the other ones are all at least 13 points ahead of them percentage-wise. So Essendon really needs to just take the Eagles this week and the Pies next week behind the woodshed and just beat the holy hell out of them and pad as many points on, the, on as they possibly can if they want any shot at playing finals. Now, I'm going with Essen to win this one by about three goals. I don't think they're going to get to finals again this year. And I did see somebody post online that, you know, the entire Buddy Franklin career went, came and went uh, without Essen and winning a final. I think that's how it was worded. Uh, and I could be wrong on that, but I did see somebody post that there. Um, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to give them a fight, but I don't, I don't think they have a shot at winning this one. And then we've got Adelaide hosting the Gold Coast Suns. And as far as 9 and 10 clubs, 9 wins, 10 loss clubs go, the Crows are in the best shape because they've got a percentage of over 115. That's higher than four of the clubs who are in the top eight. Now, of course, they need some more wins in order to put themselves in that position. You know, the Suns really need this, this win to get themselves, you know, booing a chance for finals as well. You know, you've got all the discussions happening right now that the, uh, the leadership of the club has made the trip to Italy now to uh, woo Damian Hardwick uh, to get him to sign on as the senior coach for next year. And I guess I have to ask, if you are a Tigers supporter, are you frustrated by the fact that, that Damian Hardwick walked away from your club this year saying he's burned out? and is now entertaining the possibility of jumping right back into coaching again another club. Now, granted, it's outside of Victoria, so you know, you're not going to necessarily see him running the streets of, of, of Melbourne on a daily, weekly basis, that sort of thing. But is this, is this kind of a bit of a peeve? Has this got you pissed off that he stepped away from your club when there's a rebuild that, that is kind of taking place here and is going to a club who supposedly on paper, is on an ascendancy right now that could possibly step into finals if they ever figure out how to put one foot in front of the other on a consistent basis. Now, the Crows this year, this week, they've got to finish out again with the Suns, the Swans, the Lions, and the Eagles, and the Suns finish up again with the Crows, of course, then the Swans, the Blues, and the Roots. I'm going with the the uh, Crows to win this one. The only change uh, right now, uh, Tuke Miller was suspended for Gold Coast this week. Uh, James Borlase is debuting for the Crows. Josh Rochelle back in as well. Jordan Butts injured. Luke Pedler being managed. And Rory Sloan is the sub. So, again, I'm going with the, the Crows to win this one by 11 points. Uh, I think it's going to be a great matchup. But I just think at home the Crows are going to get this one done. And then we have Hawthorne hosting Collingwood at the MCG. And I have a feeling this is going to be a big turnout right here. I, I Hawthorne has played some decent football and again it hasn't translated into wins of course you know they've got you know, um they've got three more wins than, than north melbourne they've got a okay percentage of 78 for a club that's only won five out of 19 games but they've they've given some clubs some headaches and there's some good things happening in hawthorne um a lot of changes this week for collingwood ash johnson back in bobby hill in mason cox omitted oleg markov injured or excuse me omitted as well will hoskinelli is the sub Cam McKenzie omitted, Lockie Bramble, Lloyd Meek omitted, Sam Frost injured, Tyler Brockman being managed, Harry Morrison, Jack Scrimshaw, Jacob Koshitsky, and Ned Reeves are in for Hawthorne. I'm going with the Pies to win this one by about 20. I have a feeling it's going to be more than that, but usually I don't 
throw out a number that's larger than that there. Uh, I just think Collingwood is going to right the ship. You know, they lost a game last week to Carlton. I, I don't think they're going to lose two in a row here. Now, the run home, you know, Collingwood uh, finishes up, of course, with Hawthorne. Then they've got the Cats, the Lions, and the Bombers. And then Hawthorne's finishing up with the Pies this week. And then the Bulldogs, the Ds, and the Dockers as well then. So, um, going to be tough for Hawthorne to get a win there as well. <clears throat> now, Geelong hosting Port Adelaide at GMBHA. The Cats have lost a couple games in a row. They've dropped out of the eight. Uh, I got to be honest, I'm not sure this club deserves to play finals right now the way that they are playing. A couple serious injuries uh, with Mark Blitzavs being out with the leg injury. Uh, Tom Hawkins as well. Both of them are out injured. Savaradaglia back in. Are the Cats showcasing him and telling the, uh, the power, hey, look who you could have next year. You want to pony up a first rounder for him? Maybe we'll send you a third-round pick back. Who knows? I, I'm just speculating there. Um, now, for Port Adelaide, of course, Lockie Jones injured, Alir Alir injured. Francis Evans has been omitted. Um, Tom Jonas, Willie Rioli back in. And this is this is interesting. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm really curious, you know, about the decision to, uh, to not – you know, bring Francis Evans back out there again. He kicked four goals last week from the midfield. So I just, I wonder what the thought process was in not bringing him in because if nothing else, the Cats midfield has been, well, they've stunk on ice, quite frankly. Okay, they've not been good at all. Now, my head says Port Adelaide here. Okay, but the Port Adelaide's lost three in a row. The Cats have only lost two in a row. My heart says the Cats. They are at home. No Alir Alir. But again, no Tom Hawkins. Is Ollie Henry going to be able to uh, to step up more? Is Gary Rowan going to be able to step up more? They're going to push Patty Dangerfield forward more um, into the forward structure. But again, you do that, you take out his tenaciousness out of the midfield. So that's a bit of a bit of a catch twenty two right there. You know, I I, I I don't know. Like I said, my heart says Cats. My head says Port Adelaide. But I'm going with my heart here. I've got the Cats at home by five. They really need a win because the Cats have a tough run home. They've got, they've got Port this week. They've got the Pies next week. And then the Saints and the Bulldogs. And those are, there's no gimmies there. There are no gimmies in that. There, there's nothing that says they're going to win any of those four games. And Port finishes up with the Cats, the Giants, the Dockers, and the Tigers. And again, none of those four games are ones where, the, where Port Adelaide can say, yeah, go ahead and put those four points on the, on the, uh, the ladder for us. We've got those. They can't do it. You know, Port Adelaide, you know, I'm sorry, Fremantle, you might be your best bet for that, but they, they just came in and, and bumped off the Cats at home. And the Cats' fortress at GMBHA has hardly been that this year. And then we head to Giant Stadium in Sydney for GWS hosting the Swans. And Nick Haynes is playing game 200 for the Giants. Aaron Cadman's been omitted. Isaac Cumming, the sub. Ryan Angwin omitted. Jesse Hogan and Tom Green are back in. Dane Rampey injured. Justin McInerney injured. Lance Franklin has retired effective immediately, but he's listed as being injured. Aaron Francis and Tom Hickey are back in. As I said before, folks, I don't think any of us here, other than maybe Rick Chibani, and, and, and even Rick, if he's being honest with himself, probably is not saying to himself, oh yeah, we, uh, we're playing finals this year as a giant supporter. I'm not sure he was thinking that to himself. But they're sitting at number six right now. And again, they've got their percentage is not great. It's only 102.4. I mean, it's the lowest 
of the, the top eight clubs. It's actually the lowest of the clubs that are in the top 10 spots. And in, it's the second lowest of the ones in the top 12 because Ad- Adelaide has a, a, a percentage of 116. But again, they're still sitting, you know, game below level. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I've been so impressed by what GWS has done this year. I mean, uh, I know people are talking about, you know, Ross Lyon getting, uh, getting coach of the year. And I, and I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I guess I understand that. Um, but, you know, if you don't consider Adam Kingsley as a, a legitimate coach of the year candidate going 11 and 8 and having rattled off seven wins in a row at this point in time, I, I don't know how, how you don't do that. And I know somebody else, you know, they, some of the things I've seen, they've had him listed as like the number two person on there and Ken Hinckley at number three or four. But I'm just, I've just been so impressed by what GWS has done this year. And, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out for them. Yeah, they've they've come in and, and thumped the cats. You know, I I you know Cinderella is, if you will, is having a ball at their own castle. But unfortunately, I think that the neighbors from the neighboring kingdom are going to show up and and outnumber Cinderella's subjects. Meaning, I think they're going to be more Swan supporters than Giant supporters. And I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope the Giant supporters show up in droves. This club has won seven games in a row. They deserve to have supporters come out and fill that stadium they deserve to have that happen now i'm going with the giants to win this one by 10 i just i just think that this is a a club that is again on the ascendancy but i do think they were a year ahead of schedule maybe even two years ahead of schedule okay but i'm going with gw was to win this one by 10 i'm just i'm really thrilled with what i'm seeing by them and then we head to blundstone for north melbourne hosting the d's and the Ruse, they probably lost their best chance at winning a game again this year out at Optus this past week. They fought back but, but could not get over the hump. Now, they close out the year with the Ds, of course, this week, and then the Bombers, the Tigers, and the Suns. And Melbourne finishes up with the Ruse, and then Carlton, Hawthorne, and Sydney. Now, the Ds have an outside shot at a top-two spot right now. The way Port Adelaide has been playing, if the Ds keep winning... They could possibly leapfrog Brisbane, get into the three, possibly get into the number two spot there. And this is, you know, this is despite, you know, uh, some of their supporters running out in a game a few weeks ago uh, thinking they didn't have a chance to win. And I won't mention any names there, but, uh, oh, Peps, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm going with the D's to win this one by 16. I guess we should go over the ins and outs, but uh, for North Melbourne, and again, we have extended interchanges at this point in time, but Ben Cunnington, Charlie Lazaro, Tom Powell listed as in. Uh, Ty Ty Wowden uh, omitted. Brody Grundy, Charlie Spargo, Michael Hibbert, and Tom Sparrow all listed as in for Melbourne. But again, this is the extended interchange. Some of those players may be playing at the VFL level with Casey this weekend. So... Again, I'm going with the D's to win this one by 16 points here. Uh, North may battle with them. I think this is the first week that uh, Clarko is going to be back. So it might be a uh, an even closer match up there. And then we've got St. Kilda hosting Marvel at, excuse me, hosting Carlton at Marvel. Um, you know, Saints might be the most overlooked number five or number six club, I guess I should say, on the ladder in quite some time. This is a club that, you know, if you're an American uh, or even if, you know, you're an Australian, you might be familiar with the the late, great comedian 
Rodney Dangerfield. And Rod, Rodney Dangerfield's uh, tagline, of course, was, I get no respect. Nobody respects me. I get no respect. And then he would go on to his little, uh, his little uh, storytelling about how he's not getting any respect. I think St. Kilda is probably in that boat right now. They're at 11 and 8. 102.4 percentage. Excuse me. They're at number, number 5. I'm sorry, 11 and 8. 106 percentage. I was looking at GWS on the ladder there. Um, you know, they're two games out of a top four spot. I don't think they're going to finish top four because they'd really have to go on a run and some other things would have to happen. You know, St. Kilda finishes up with the Blues, the Tigers, the Cats, and the Lions. Not exactly an easy run home. And Carlton finishes up with the Saints, the Ds, the Suns, and the Giants. Again, not an easy run home there. We've got some great games that are going to be coming up here to close out the season, which is coming way too damn fast, quite frankly. Um, Carlton's been playing some absolutely inspired footy here recently. They've won seven, six games in a row. Um, and we've got a percentage of 116 and a half, which is, you know, higher than Port Adelaide. It's higher than St. Kilda's. It's higher than GWS's. It's higher than the Bulldogs. So if they can string some wins together, they could, they could jump into that top four position before this is all said and done. Now I am going with Carlton to win this one by 13. Uh, Zach Jones is injured for St. Kilda, Bradley Hill, Jack Hayes, Max King, Tim Membry listed, uh, on the extended bench. Lockie Fogarty playing game 50 for Carlton. Jackson Bins is listed as debuting. Adam Chera and Mitch McGovern both injured. Ed Kernow, Bins mentioned already. Josh Honey, Sam Durden, and Zach Fisher all listed on the extended interchange for Carlton. Again, I'm going with Carlton to win this one by a shade over two goals this weekend. And then the last game of the weekend, you got Fremantle hosting Brisbane. And Brisbane has not been great away from the Gabba. They've gone 5-5 five and five this year. So better than they maybe have done in the past. They've won five out of the ten games they've played away from the Gabba. Fremantle got a huge win this, this past weekend at uh, Cardinia Park. Uh, I think it's a case of too little too late for them as well because they dropped too many games earlier in the season. Um, you know, Fremantle, they could play spoilers though because they've got the Lions this week. Eh. They could certainly be a spoiler for uh, Port Adelaide, though, but they've got the Eagles, Port Adelaide, and then the Hawks. And then Brisbane's run home, the Dockers, the Crows, the Pies, and the Saints. That's a tough run home for them. Um, Brennan Cox, Matthew Johnson, Nathan Wilson listed as in for Fremantle. Keaton Coleman injured, Oscar McInerney injured for Brisbane. Darcy Fort, Devin Robertson, Jackson Pryor, Tom Fullerton, and Zach Bailey all listed on the extended interchange for Brisbane. I'm going by the going with the Lions to win this one by 14 out at Optus. And I think Bris, that Mel, Fremantle is going to play them tough, but I think Brisbane is too good of a side for them at the moment. And I, I'm just going to go ahead and go with uh, Brisbane to win this one. All right. So there are my tips for this week. Um, I do want to mention I'm going to be making uh, having some new... Um, artwork up on my Redbubble page here pretty soon. I've got a new, couple new ones that have come out here recently, and I hope you'll check those out. Um, you know, if you want to help out the podcast, you can certainly do that uh, with the Redbubble uh, store page here. Pick up a t-shirt, a uh, stick, or something of that nature. If you want to help out the podcast, you can click on that yellow Buy Me a Coffee button uh, on my website, yankonthefooty.com. It's also linked on my Twitter page. Um, as you know, uh, and it's all dependent upon any sort of geopolitical things that are happening in the world right now. Uh, and in the near future, my plan is to spend uh, at least three weeks and maybe closer to four weeks in Australia during next footy season. 
Um, absolutely looking forward to doing that. So if you have any pull with the AFL and can get them to release the fixture for 2024 early, that would be a huge help for me because then I would be able to, uh, to book my flights and figure out, you know, the logistics of where I'm going to be and when I'm going to be there. Um, I think I have my flight paid for. And uh, now all I have to do is get myself out of the airport and figure out what I'm going to be doing after that point. But I'm going to be working some odd jobs here and there, uh, continuing working at the amusement park that I'm at right now uh, as the season winds down and as we go into the, the fall season. We do a, uh, they do a, a Halloween weekend where they do some things celebrating with Halloween uh, through the end of October. Um, so I'm going to be working a day or two here and there. And then my announcing jobs start up next week with uh, American football and soccer as well. And I've got a number of those dates that I'm going to be doing. So I'm looking forward to getting back at that. And I've got about three weeks until my school year begins as well. So, again, if you want to help out the podcast, which ostensibly could be interpreted as helping to get me to Australia as well, you can certainly do that. That'd be greatly appreciated. Um, but uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Mick Aussie and get Mick's takes on uh, the games from this week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to be joined again by my mate, Mick Aussie. And uh, unfortunately, you, you won't be seeing the video of this, but if you've seen Mick before, he has a very interesting green hat. I have a beige hat, very similar to his. I'm um, getting ready to go mow my grass after this. But how you doing there, Mick? Good, mate. You'll fit right in in Australia and uh, look forward to some of these um, Aussie slang terms at the end of the show you might test me on. Oh, I have five of them picked out for you, so I already discussed that at the at the opening. So I'm looking forward to uh, to getting your take on them. And as I mentioned on there, I said I'm not trying to be patronizing at all uh, with this, but I just you know it just I mean I'm, I'm, this is not me as an American going oh let's see what the, the the Aussies you know how they go ahead and you know how they go ahead and speak you know I'm not I'm not, not trying to make fun of anybody here just to see if if you recall some of these because you've lived you know away from Australia for several decades now yeah 25 and a half years so yeah we'll see how we go later on <laughs> exactly exactly so we've got some pretty intriguing games this week so let's go ahead and jump into the first one um or do you want to get into the news of the week first before we do that no let's do the tips and i'll build in the news as we talk okay. i think that might work best all right all right we've got the bulldogs hosting richmond at marvel and this is this is interesting because uh Dustin Martin, who who could possibly be on his way out of Richmond at the end of the year, is getting managed this game. Trent Cotchin getting managed as well. Josh Bruce, unfortunately, with another knee injury, another ACL injury, so he's going to miss probably the bulk of 2024 as well. It really sucks for him. Yeah, well, the Dogs, eh? They're hanging on to eighth spot. They're 13.5-point favorite. Oh, and look what. The Tigers have lost five of their last six at Marvel because, you know, we've had some jokes about it's just so far to travel. Well, I hope <laughs> they lose. I hope they lose another one at Marvel. I'm going for the Bulldogs to win. Well, it might be closer than 13. But, yeah, uh, very interesting. But I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy normally. But what a load of rubbish this is, the... The boss of the Suns flying to Italy to interview Damien Hardwick. I mean, come on. I reckon that the big boss, Gil McLaughlin, said to Hardwick a few months ago, hey, how about you've had enough at Tigers? 
We'll put you in at the son's job and then we'll just make it all look like, you know, we're chasing you. So I reckon this might have wow. been done a while ago. <laughs> well, I, you know, I hadn't thought about that. I, I didn't think about it from that direction because I said I asked earlier in the episode whether or not if if you're a Tiger supporter and you're listening. And I don't know if I have any left because I've, I've probably pissed off so many of them. Um, if they were a little hot under the collar about Hardwick jumping back into the the coaching business so soon after saying he was burned out. It's a conspiracy, mate. Seriously. Okay. Okay. They are, the AFL arranged it all and they're trying to make it look like they had nothing to do with it. So, yeah, how much in the media do we believe? There's a lot of BS going around. I don't okay, know, mate. So, I'm, it's probably, no, I'm probably making things up, but it could be true. So, I, I guess my follow-up question then is, what the hell took so long getting Clarko down in North Melbourne? Well, they're just they're just a basket case of I'd rather one of those big kangaroos jumping around the outback of Australia trying to get a kick than half those players. Okay, well, let's move on to the next game. We've got the Eagles heading uh, east to Marvel to go face off against Essendon, and I and and I did see somebody that did posted and and I don't know if these numbers are accurate, but. Uh, Buddy Franklin played his entire career without Essendon winning a finals game. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That seems a little that seems a little long, but I guess that's probably accurate. So what Whoa. do you think? What are you thinking on this yeah. one? Yeah, it could be Bombers started at 50 point favorite. Now they're 52. Redmond, he's a good player. He's playing his hundredth game. But of course, the Eagles, wow, they finally had a win over those useless kangaroos. But McGovern's in and Shannon Hearn managed. And uh, like I just said off air, little Shannon Hearn story. Well, I grew up next to his farm. I grew up in Roseworthy and the, the area next door is the Brosser Valley. So I actually drove past his farm and showed the girlfriend, said that's Shannon Hearn's dad's farm. I played against his dad and also played with his dad. And his dad's name was Bungahern as well. And then their grandfather was pretty famous up in Angerston as well. So unbelievable career by Shannon Hearn. He's a beautiful kick of the football. So great career from uh, a neighbor of mine. Yeah, he, uh, you know, looking at some of the stats there, you know, he played 332 games so far in his career. He may play a few more before he's done, but. You know, he averaged over 18 disposals for each of those games, and he averaged 18 and, a, 18 and a half games a year. So a pretty durable player throughout his career. Oh, absolutely. And going down as one of the greatest Eagles defenders of all time, and they sure have had some beauty since they joined the league. Worthfold, McKenna, or quite a few others, McGovern as well. So absolute star and great when he's a local lad next to where I grew up. Absolutely, absolutely. Did his was his dad a similar player to his son? His dad was a little bit bigger. Now I remember when I was in high school, we went up from Gawler High to play against Newry, and everyone knew about Bunger Hearn, which is his dad. And his dad was just a a monster at fifteen years old, developed mm -hmm. early, and went on to play at Central Districts for quite a few years. Then I played against him at Angerston and then with him in the um, Gawler and Brosselite and Gawler Association team. And we actually went to the country championships at Football Park. So 
Yeah, his dad's a nice fella as well. Okay, okay. So, um, we head back to the Adelaide Oval for your Crows, who you did not have a lot of faith in last week, but they got the win against Port Adelaide hosting Gold Coast. Wow. Well, we're going to need a few minutes on this game, but they're 22.5-point favorite. And get this, I didn't know this till today. The Suns have lost all five games at Adelaide Oval against the Crows, and they've lost all 11 games at Adelaide Oval. So that's obviously against Port Adelaide as well. Right, right. And you, you, your boy, eh? Tuke Miller suspended for doing a squirrel grip. That was a bit rough. You got to be a, <laughs> I don't blame, uh, was it Zorko being a bit upset? But yeah, Zorko's a bit of a nut himself, isn't he? Well, didn't Zorko do the same thing last year or the year before? Oh, probably. He's got some issues, that guy. But, yeah, you can't be doing that. I mean, if it was – I mean, they use the word assault pretty loosely these days off the field. But if you did that in the nightclub or on the street or something, you're going to be in a bit of trouble and definitely cop a whack in the head or something, well, aren't you? Or, or, if, or if you try to headbutt Jeremy Cameron at a, at a pub watching uh, watching cricket. Wow, which, which yeah. This week, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, real quick on the Crows. What about Tex Walker? Dummied around that guy and kicked a 55-meter goal on his opposite foot, on his left foot. Absolutely brilliant. I watched the game. I was so happy, and I'm still kind of in shock about that game. But, wow, great win by the Crows. And they, they definitely needed that one. If they, you know, if they have any aspirations of playing finals, they definitely needed that win. So, And I'm not saying you're going to get there because they've still got to climb up from number 12 on the ladder. But but they have a very solid percentage. I mean, their percentage is basically 116, which is, you know, the two clubs ahead of them, Sydney and Richmond, you know, they've got a, they've got a five percentage advantage over Sydney and, and almost 20 percentage points over the Tigers. Yeah, I think uh, I think whoever loses this game is probably out of the running. And yeah, I think so. Rochelle's back in. Hopefully he plays well after getting suspended and kind of woke up to himself a bit. But yeah, it could be a close one. I think Crows will win, but maybe not by 22. Yeah, I went with a much smaller number on that one as well then. And then we head to the MCG with Hawthorne hosting Collingwood. And the Pies, you know, dropped a, you know, Carlton played a phenomenal game against them last week. Um, no Mason Cox. Uh, Oleg Markov evidently has injured his mustache again, so he's going to be out. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, the Collingwood have got their own fault. For losing against the Blues, the Blues kicked straight 14-9 and Collingwood kicked 10 goals, 16. So, yeah, again, yeah. bad kicking. Bad kicking's bad football. Favoured by 32 and a half. Yeah, they should win. I don't know about by that much, though. They kind of don't normally blow too many teams out, Collingwood. But, yeah, they got to uh, get their act together. And I think they will. They should beat the Hawks. Oh, I think so, too. I've got them going by 20 on that one. So, you and I are are dead even on all the, on the first four games. And I have a feeling the next one, we might go in our different directions here. I have a funny feeling. So <clears throat> that is the Cats hosting Port Adelaide down at GMBHA Stadium. And uh, as I mentioned in, in my opening portion here, I'm not sure the Cats deserve to play finals the way they've played recently. 
Well, who did you pick? Well, I went with the cats. I went with my heart rather than my head. I just, I think with the Lear Lear being out, um, I, I, I don't know. Again, Tom Hawkins is out. Blitzhavs is out. But I just, I, I, I just think at home, maybe, you know, Jeremy Cameron gets things straightened out. I hope he does. Because if they don't win this one, I think they're, I think they may be done for the year also. Well, you, you, you wouldn't think I would pick Port Adelaide. They've lost their last eight at GMN. HBA. Um, so, no, I'm going for the Cats. Sure, a uh, couple of outs for the Cats is big trouble, but I could see Jeremy Cameron coming back to form and running around that Port Adelaide defence. Um, but I've got to uh, talk about the concussion. Um, finally, after listening to several podcasts, I listened to Wayne Carey. And he was the only one that had the balls to say the truth and exactly what I think. Wayne Carey said that when he was watching with his mate and when Alir Alir and Jones hit heads, mm-hmm. Wayne Carey said to his mate, I bet he's coming back on because he's so important to that team. Wow. Now, can I call them straight out cheaters? I am. Maybe I shouldn't. But I'm going to call it straight out cheating. Because of Alir Alir, who he is, there's no way Port Adelaide wanted two players subbed out. I think there's cheating going on, and I hope the AFL come down really, really hard on Port Adelaide power because Alir should not have come back on, and they're going to say, oh, this doctor's a nice fella and all that. Maybe he is, but you can't be doing that in these day and age with these lawsuits coming out. So good on Port Adelaide for accepting they made the mistake. I called them cheaters, and Wayne Carey basically agreed with me. Okay, yeah, it's uh, you know, it was a pretty nasty collision, and it's yeah, and in this day in this day of age, an age, as you said, it it was amazing that they did come back out there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. So we go to the Battle of Sydney, with the Giants hosting the Swans, and uh, you know, everybody keeps talking about. Ross Lyon being uh, the uh, the coach of the year this year, you know, but uh, I just, I really wonder, you know, and I mentioned this, you know, shouldn't Adam Kingsley really be the one that's getting considered for this even over Ross Lyon? Tell you what, if they make the eight and do okay in the eight, I think you're right. But yeah, they've won, uh, they won the last seven. They've won five after trailing at three quarter time. That's, that's really, really good. Hogan's in, Tom Green's in, Nick Haynes plays his 200th game. He's a good player, isn't he? couple of bad outs for the Swans. And the um, the Giants beat them by uh, one point on April 28th this year at the SCG. So I'm going for the Giants at Giants Stadium out there in the Western Sydney. They're favoured by seven and a half. I think they'll win this. I do. I went with the Giants as well. So far, we are six for six. We're, we're agreeing with one another on these games at this point in time. Uh, that doesn't use that doesn't happen too often because I usually uh, I usually make one sort of a crazy selection here and there, which is you know quite contrary to what you do. You tend to you tend to not go off the reservation too much or to go off the beaten path and and take the the smart picks, if you will. Um, well, I I wish I did last week because I like many others 
I was zero and six at one stage. Wasn't that the craziest mm-hmm. week ever last week? It was nuts, man. Yeah, I ended up. I got. Uh, I got five wrong last week, so I went four and five. So I. Uh, That's good. Yeah. That's good. But you know, it's uh, my 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 question was, who's going to have more fans at this game, the Swans or the Giants? Oh. Don't know. Yeah, yeah, don't know. I hope they yeah. pack it out though. Yeah, well, I, I hope they too. get a crowd. I do too. I hope. I hope the. I hope that the the giant supporters show up. Um, and then we've got North Melbourne hosting the D's at Blundstone, and uh, the Ruse. I think they they lost their last chance at winning a game this year because they finish up with the D's, the Bombers, the Tigers, and the Suns. I don't know if I see them winning any of those unless the Tigers and the Suns completely fall off and that and you know maybe the Tigers or even the Bombers they start you know trying to you know blood some young kids just to see what they've got for next year. Yeah, just terrible. Eh? They won the first two games and they lost 17 in a row. I mean, Sheezel and Simkin are young good lads but oh man, Cunnington's back in. That's good to see. I used to like him as a player but he's had a rough He's had a rough year. Demons favoured by 42 and a half. Yeah, they'll win. I'm not sure if they'll win by that much down there in Hobart. I'll have to look at the weather forecast down there. But, yeah, not much of a game, really. Demons yeah. will win that easily. Yeah, I went with the Ds as well on this one. Um, I just I, – I don't think that the that the Roos are going to win another one this year. And I believe Clarko's back this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right, and I see they named Grundy Demons. That's probably just to make him feel good. Well, yeah, because he's on the uh, extended interchange right now because they haven't yeah. they haven't decided on who those who those four are going to be at this point in time. And then then there's a you know kind of a, an, an interesting game back at Marvel. So there's three games at Marvel this weekend. You've got St Kilda hosting Carlton, and uh, you know Carlton has won what seven in a row, as you mentioned. Uh, six in a row, and you know the Saints yeah. have won. Saints have won two in a row. They're you know they're they're a half you know they're two points apart from one another on the uh, the ladder. Um, although the Blues have a a significant percentage advantage of of over ten points. Um, I went with the Blues on this one. I just think that uh, that they are they're playing some inspired uh, football at this point in time, and I, I'm just I. Who knows? They could push themselves into a top four spot before it's all said and done. Yeah. Do you trust them though? They were they were seventeen point favorite. Now they've dropped down to ten. That's probably because of the good ins for the Saints, who I'm sure you talked about, and Hill, mm-hmm. Hayes, and King and Membry. But right, uh, right. chair is out. That's a big out. Yes, yeah, six in a row. Well, I might pick the Saints to cover that spread, but I'm with you. I did go for the Blues, but you going to be interesting to watch the coaching of Ross Lyon. He's uh, he's pretty smart, the old fella, and they have won seven of their last... They've gone seven and four at Marvel this year, so could go either way, this one. Do we trust the Blues? Not sure yet, but yeah, yeah. they'll probably win, I think. I think they will, too. Um, and we get to the last game of the round, and uh, Fremantle hosting Brisbane. Um, you know, Brisbane is not great away from the Gabba. They're five and five this year away from home, which is, you know, actually better than I thought they were going to be. But, uh, you know, Fremantle got a huge win for them last week, but I, I, I just wonder, is it too little too late for them? 
you know, cause they're, they're right now they're sitting eight points behind the number eight spot, you know, with, uh, with four games to play and they close out this year. They've got the, although they, you know, they've got, they've got two games they should win. I mean, they've got, you know, they've got the lions this week, they've got the Eagles and then Port Adelaide and then Hawthorne. So you would think that they're going to win two of those games for sure. But then who did you go for? Oh, I went with free. I went with Brisbane on this one. I don't think they're going to win this week. Okay, I'm going for a roughie. I'm going for the home field. I mean, how could the Lions lose to the Suns? They're not that good away from home. I'll go for the Dockers as a roughie, but you might be right. The Lions are favoured by 14. It was 17. They did win there in 2021 mm-hmm. by 64 points, but then. Um, the Dockers won in 2022 at Optus, so yeah. the Lions did win there a couple of years ago. Yeah, Lions will probably win, but I'll go for one, Ruffy. I'll go for the Dockers, and let's hope Zorko's okay down below. We can run all right, eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they they might need him in a pinch here. Uh... <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, you know, we when we talked about the Giants and the Swans, we did not bring up you know the 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 legendary um, player who's announced his retirement effective immediately in Buddy Franklin. But you know, the, what are your thoughts on, on on this gentleman who is stepping away as as arguably one of the greatest players of all time? Yeah, definitely interesting guy, isn't he? I mean, I remember I was driving from Calgary to Ottawa in two thousand and ten to move there and I called into a pub and I was they had the AFL on TV and it's one of the first times I totally watched Buddy Franklin play and I I said to the guy next to me I said mate look at this guy he's he's massive he runs like a sprinter he's just a beast and he totally controlled that game my nephew my nephew in Sydney absolutely loves him and goes to the games mainly to watch him so you know, he did bring in a big crowd there in Sydney. Terrific on the ground for a, for a big fella, mm-hmm. kick-wise. Beautiful kick, runner. Yeah, fabulous player. Um, big fan. So, sad the way he's going up. But great career. And yeah. I don't hold it against him at all that he didn't win a flag in Sydney. He got injured that one year early in the grand final. So, a couple of premierships for the Hawks. Great career. Yeah, I mean, 354 games, you know, he averaged, he averaged, you know, over night, you know, over 19 and a half games a year. So even more so than, than Shannon Hearn did and over 59 goals a year, which is, you know, a phenomenal number there. So you figure he's averaging roughly three goals a game, every single game throughout his entire career. Yeah, I mean, that that thousandth goal was great, wasn't it? Even made US TV and your mate McAfee's show. So that was a highlight, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it absolutely was. Didn't he kick – he kicked 1,066 goals, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right there. So I believe that was – wasn't that also the the year of the Battle of Hastings, if I'm not mistaken? Um, I think it was the – yeah, the Battle of Hastings, the – the Norman French army of William Duke of Normandy and the English army battling with one another at that point in time. Um, yeah. I don't know why I remember that year. It was the, the Norman conquest uh, was the last successful conquest of England. 
until the right. ashes re- until the ashes recently. <sighs> Too soon for that. Um, to bring up the ashes. <laughs> we won. We retained the ashes, but they outplayed yes. us those last three tests. Well, now was it you know was it all weather related at the end there? Is that what really ended up happening? Is that what? Well, yeah. The the um so the third test they beat us. Mm-hmm. The fourth the fourth test they were absolutely beating us, and then the weather made a draw. So that saved Australia and thus Australia retained the ashes because the best England could do then was 2-2. And then England beat us in the fifth test. But lots of controversy over the ball because if the team complains about the ball, then they the umpires have a spare box of balls and the umpire is meant to select a ball that looks similar to what it should over after a certain amount of overs. And the umpire selected a ball that looked bloody well brand new. So there's a bit of cheating going on there too, but they're probably wow. getting back at the Bearstow stumping. So Ricky Ponting, the former captain, went right off about, reckons the umpire was cheating and should be an inquiry. So yeah, a bit of bit of shonkiness going on with the, the umpires. But they're meant to be totally neutral. So who knows, mate? What was that word you just used there? Oh, shonky, shonky, yeah. Son of a bitch. That was one of the words I had on my list for today. <laughs> no, that was one you asked me last week, wasn't it? Was it? Did I have, did yeah. I have to do that one? Well, you know what? I'm going to have to make an adjustment here on the fly then, okay? Yeah. But, uh, you know, because I, I didn't realize I had uh, I had done that one. I didn't realize I had used that one there. So um, I'm going to have to make an adjustment as we're going along here. But, uh well, tell me before we move on to the um, lingo, the slang. Um, how did you enjoy the cricket in the U.S.? You thoroughly enjoyed it. You said, "Oh, I absolutely did." You know, it's uh, it was a um, it was it was fascinating to watch. And again, this was you know for those of you in Australia that may not have seen this, it was it was the T Twenty style, so it was similar to the Big Bash League, and they brought in. Um, you know, they brought in players from all over the world. Many of them are play that that play in the uh, in the Big Bash League. Many that play in the IPL. Um, the in fact the 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 gentleman who was coaching the uh, the Texas Super Kings is also the same gentleman. He's a uh, New, New Zealander uh, who also coaches the Chennai Super Kings, who won the IPL this year. I wa- I watched that game. That was the first. That championship game was the first one that I watched on uh, Willow TV when I subscribed to it. But it was just, it was fascinating, you know. And again, they're they're starting small. There are six six teams, um, and they had to have on each team they could play in each lineup. They could have six players who were from overseas, and the rest had to be American citizens. Right. So it, it's you know so many of them are naturalized citizens. But you know there were, there were um, you know players that uh, that were that are from Australia that uh, that you know names that, that people would recognize uh, and even you know international ones that people would recognize. But uh, um, Aaron Finch from Australia uh, played for the the team from San Francisco. Uh, Matthew Wade had a great uh, a great tournament. Uh, Marcus Stoinis. Uh, had a good tournament as well uh, for them. 
but it it just was uh it was really interesting and the 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 last game and i mentioned it in at the outset here um uh young man uh nathan porin who played for the stars um you know scored i think it was 137 runs on 55 balls uh on 55 balls bold uh which i wow. which was was a phenomenal number he was the second person to hit the century mark uh during this tournament um and there were you know there were some other yeah like i said there were there were Aust- there were australian players on each of the clubs uh they held a draft for the american players uh andrew ty uh was actually the only the only australian on the uh the Seattle team that played, um, you know, quite a, quite a few from South Africa there. Uh, Heinrich Claussen and Quinton de Kock, who you know had a was, you know had a phenomenal tournament as well. Uh, but just it was just, you know, I'm I'm still learning it. You know, you know, I, I watched a really interesting video that Stephen Fry, the comedian, uh, hosted on some of the laws of cricket, and I did pick up a copy of the uh, the the idiot's guide uh, to cricket, you know, for people who are new to the game, of course. Uh, and uh, I've started perusing that a little bit, but I've been, I, I am most definitely um, <clears throat> somebody who's going to follow this game further. And I, and I think, you know, that once the, uh, once the, the big bash league begins, I, I think I'm going to find myself watching those games as well. So of course I'm looking for a, uh, I'm looking for a club to support in in uh, the Big Bash League as well. So if, if people have any recommendations, you know, I, I went with kind of a small town club, you know, when I uh, when I chose the cat. So I don't know if I go for the, the club in Hobart uh, as a result of that. You know, I don't know how, how I do with purple, the Hobart no. Hurricanes, but. Uh, um, but it just it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, my son, you know, he was a he became a huge baseball fan you know based upon you know baseball was kind of the you know what he and i grew up on he was never much of a a gridiron fan he is a little more so now but uh um but you know when i told when i told him i was watching cricket um oh one of the other players that had a great tournament was uh, another australian named adam zampa uh right yeah yeah you know and uh but you know, and I'm watching cricket. You know, and and I've I've well documented how frustrated I am with the game of Major League Baseball here in the United States. And he, and he 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 told me he said, "Damn, Dad, you'll do anything to not watch baseball anymore." Uh, which uh, well, well, I'll tell you what. Um, there's some good international events coming up. There was the Asia Cup, which is India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and I believe Bangladesh coming up soon. And the World Cup is coming up in October in India. So that's the, the World Cup of one-day cricket, and that is a massive, massive event. Australia and India will probably start favourites. And then tonight I'm going to film the Edmund for Edmonton Cricket TV, the top division here called Elite Division. And there's two T20 games going side-by-side side on two fields so i'm going to enjoy filming that tonight commentating and going live as well if you want to have a watch how has the weather been have you had any rain no we're good i'll be uh i'll be yeah i'll be doing some live coverage tonight so you'll get that on the uh edmonton cricket tv facebook outstanding outstanding so um 
I mentioned at the outset, and we talked about this in the last episode. You you thought we should go ahead and uh, and and test your slang abilities here with some Australian <laughs> slang. And again, this is not to patronize um, anybody in Australia. And I, and I told you, you know, let me know what you think about this. Is that uh, you know you can quiz yourself. You know, is it coming off as patronizing? Because I don't, I don't want to anger people here. But uh, <laughs> no, 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 don't worry about it. Yeah, I have. I, have... I will say this though. I'll say this. I hope I get three or more out of five. But I've been here for twenty-five years. Some of the slang in these books might be like regional, say from I don't know, Copper Darwin, or well, I've been to Darwin, but maybe there's some slang from New South Wales I haven't heard. It's not Australia wide, and maybe there's some new slang over the past twenty-five years I haven't heard. But I'll back myself to either know it or guess what it might be. There you go. <laughs> okay, so the first one, the first one, and I have a feeling you're going to get this one. The first term is bog house, B-O-G house. <laughs> well, you could call it the dunny, the outhouse, the shitter, to the you toilet. Right. You're, you're one for one. You got that one right. Okay, you got that one right. All Hang right. on. Another, another saying where we use, we use bog, often well, Aussie football fans know this, B-O-G is the common term in Australia for Best on Best ground. On ground. Mm -hmm. And it's a, also a TV show on Fox Footy. Right. Yeah. All right. The next one. The next one. Black Stump. Black Stump. Black Stump. Like a tree stump, yeah. S-T-U-M-P. A dump? Nope. It says it's it's an Australian expression for an imaginary point beyond which the country is considered remote or uncivilized, an abstract oh, yeah. of the limits of established settlement. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yes, yes, I have heard that. I have heard that. There you go. That's testing. I've been away from a long, a long time. So basically, okay. remember that slightly. Now you say it. All right. Now the third one. Gone Tropo. Gone Tropo. <laughs> Gone Tropo? Uh-huh. Ah! Took Miller. He went Tropo. He went nuts by grabbing someone in the nuts. Gone Tropo is to go a bit crazy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It said mentally affected by a tropical climate, extremely angry, excited, especially in the phrase, go Tropo over. So, yeah, that's it. You even used a great example for it there as well. So that's two out of three there. Two well, out of three. Up in Darwin, I've said this before, but up in Darwin, they call it suicide season when the humidity is so bad for several months before the rains come that, yeah, people do go a little bit crazy. So that's where the uh, tropical part probably comes into the common saying that every Aussie might know. Okay. Now, the next one. The next one. And I will tell you, this is not one of Santa Claus's reindeer. Bitzer, B-I-T-Z-E-R, Bitzer. Bitzer? Uh-huh. Bitzer? Yes. Bitzer. Talking a bits of shit? Bits of rubbish? No, that's not right. No. Nope. Nah, don't know that one. Don't know that one. All right. It says it's a com very common, it says very commonly, 
used slang term to refer to a mongrel dog or a feral dog? Ah, uh, bits of not, not, didn't know that. So uh, does not, that mean, does that mean like a magpie supporter? Uh, no, what'd you say? I'm not going What'd you say? What you say? It was a dog, a crazy dog. Did you say? Yeah, like a like a mongrel dog or one that was oh, feral, like a, a feral dog. Yeah. Ah, uh, we yeah. just call him a mutt. So we would yeah. we would yeah. call it a mutt. So now I haven't heard a bitza. Okay, and the last one, the fifth one for this week, and we'll see if we do this again next week. Frog in a sock. A what? Frog in a sock. A frog in a sock. Uh huh. Yep. A, a frog in a sock. Yes. Never heard of it. Never okay. heard of it. Your book sucks. It's new terminology <laughs> or some idiot woke. Some idiot city slicker in Sydney wrote your book. Two out of five. I'm not happy with that. Yeah, it's it says, depending upon the context, either to describe erratic behavior or something that was really good, like an event. After getting a high tackle on the field, he was off like a frog in a sock. No, nah, I never heard that. That party the other <laughs> night, the other example they used, that party the other night, it went off like a frog in a sock. Maybe it was oh. hopping. Maybe it was hopping. It was excited, that sort of thing, you know. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Okay, that yeah. So two out of five. Maybe that's a new maybe that's a new one or regional. So I got some improvement to do, haven't I? Two out of five. Well, you can't go much further down than that. I mean, you could get one out of five next week, and I know I won't use uh, well, donkey. zero. No, that's well, true. Zero. Yeah, you could get zero. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, before we wrap up there, sir, where can people find your work? All right. Mikozzi.tv, M Y K A U S S I E.tv, and Edmonton Cricket TV on Facebook and YouTube. And then tomorrow night on Sports Grid TV, about 8.20 Eastern doing the AFL and CFL with Gabe Renzi. So that's sportsgrid.com or sportsgrid YouTube, Sirius XM, Channel 159, etc. Okay, and I, I would suggest having had uh, Gabe on the podcast recently, um, Gabe can occasionally act like a frog in a sock. <laughs> yeah, when, when he loses all his bets and he goes crazy, but that's sometimes when his shows are the best, when he's got yeah. anger management issues over losing his sports bets. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Yep. Well, hey, man, this has been this has been a fun week for me. I've been out visiting different businesses around uh, the county where I live. We visited a huge NASA facility here um, as well today. It was a lot of fun uh, doing this for uh, some stuff related to school. So I was at meetings all day and uh, can't wait to get back to school here in a couple of weeks. So I can right. relax. So I can relax a little bit because I've been working my butt off at this job this summer, and I'm going to keep working it uh, a few days a week once the school year starts as well. So Mick, I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope you get eight of your nine tips correct. That means that uh, we ended up being even there because you know we we differed on the last one. You took Fremantle, I took the Lions in that one. So I hope you have a fantastic week, sir, and. Uh, how are the elks doing? Are they uh, have they have they moved uh, to uh, Whitehorse yet? Oh, mate, it's absolutely disgraceful. They got shut out last week. It's terrible. They've changed their offensive coordinator and former Bronco 
uh, Jarius Jackson's taken over, so hopefully they'll bring in this Canadian quarterback back Trey Ford. But yeah, looking pretty bad, mate. Can only go up, that's for sure. Well, that's true. That is true. And uh, are they home or away this week? Uh, they got to buy. They need it too. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you you have 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 you have you worn the bag at the stadium yet, or are you just uh, interacting with other people who have adopted? Uh, they're bringing their 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 grocery equipment with them. <laughs> no, I didn't, but I took the bag that I wore on the show with Gabe, and I I stood out the front as people were walking in on video and it going, "Anyone want to buy this bag? Buy it now, because after half time it'll be more expensive. You might want to buy it now or sell it." And I tell you what, in three quarter time, I probably could have sold it for a lot more, but I did that for a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey man. I hope you have a fantastic day and the rest of your evening. And uh, I wish you all the best. And uh, let's get the Elks a win next week then. All right. I'll leave you on this note. Always leave on something. I hate liars, cheats, and thieves. And I reckon Port Adelaide cheated. That's just my opinion. See you later, man. All right. Okay, man. All right, Mick. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I do appreciate it. There are our tips for round 21. Uh, you'll have to let us know where you think uh, we're right or wrong and uh, let us know whether or not you liked the uh, the little uh, new segment on the, the slang terms with Mick. Um, and the reason I brought that up is because I, I got a gift from my sister for my 60th birthday um, several weeks ago. And one of the, you know, this is anticip in anticipation of me making the trek to Australia. And one of the things that she gave me was a word search book with... Australian slang and I think I, if you haven't heard this story yet I mentioned this in the in a previous episode but I opened up the book to just a page at random and I was stunned my blood ran cold um, and one of the one of the word search puzzles if you will one of the, the words down there was Joe Blake and uh, and I guess that slang term means snake in Australia well Joe Blake happened to be my uncle's name and he passed away in July of last year. And he was he was basically my kids and my sister's kids' grandfather. Because our dad passed away in 2001. And my oldest niece, Elizabeth, she remembers her grandpa a little bit. She was about five when he passed away. Um, my younger niece, my son, my daughter really don't remember him at all my daughter was just a few months old when he passed away we have one photograph um, of the two of them together and that was at my aunt's wedding my uncle joe blake his his wife's wedding or excuse me his her funeral not wedding that would have been a little awkward um but like i said he he, he became a grandfather to to my kids and to my sister's kids so it just it just was it was heartwarming to see his name there and, and, it, and it made me tear up a little bit because it was just a way to remember him. Okay. So let us know and let me know if you like this little thing here. I'm not trying to be patronizing at all, but I just think it was kind of a fun thing. And Mick mentioned it uh, when we spoke last week. Uh, he said, well, let's, th let's toss a couple terms out there. So maybe you can test yourself as we're going along here as well. You can hit that pause button as we're going. See if these are terms that, that are legitimate ones or is whoever created this thing blowing smoke up our arses. Okay? So, folks, look out for one another. Give your friends and family a call. Check up on them. Make sure they're okay. 
let them know if you're okay. You need to get, you know, need to talk to somebody there. All those numbers are listed in my show notes. Please reach out to someone. Remember, you can find everything about my podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. You can get on the mailing list there, and I hope you do. You can leave a review, which I also hope that you do. If you enjoy the podcast, I do hope you'll take a few minutes and leave a review there, which I can then share with uh, prospective listeners out on my socials as well. You can, you, can men- you can also, as I mentioned before, click on that Buy Me a Coffee button. You can leave me a voicemail. You can go to my store page there as well. Uh, if you've got a great idea for a guest, please, please reach out to me at yankonthefootygmail.com, okay, or on Twitter or Facebook, at yank underscore on on Twitter, uh, Yank on the Footy Podcast on Facebook, uh, Yank on the Footy on Instagram as well. I appreciate the kind words, ladies and gentlemen, and as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 280 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, thanks for listening, and I do hope you'll consider sharing the episode with your friends and family. And until next time, everyone, goodbye.